Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. That's the kind of car you want to drive when you're 16 fast. That's the kind of boys that you want on your home team fast. Yeah, you think you're going to catch your big dreams just like that fast. And here you are, looking back. 60 seconds now feels more like 30. TikTok won't stop and round it goes.
stars of NASCAR return for the Go Bowling at the Glen Weekend, August 1st through the 4th at the road course three times voted best NASCAR track, Watkins Glen International. Here in scenic upstate New York, the battle is very intense. Oh, the fans are loving it, too. He'll take over the top spot. Don't wait. Get your tickets now at theglen.com. This is NASCAR driver Brad Keselowski, and you're listening to the Pit Stop Radio. Good evening from Duggan Nation. I'm Tim Spain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson, right outside of Richmond Raceway there in Richmond, Virginia. The Commonwealth of Richmond, Virginia. Stephen, how you doing tonight, my brother? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Doing good. Doing good. Got a little, um, just to let you know, we got a little... A few little thunder sails around uh, the Pit Stop Radio studio here in the closet just south of Talladega. The way, the way I always say, I'm about eight miles south of the way the crow flies here at Talladega. But, yeah, I got a few little thunder boomers popping up there. So if I drop, go ahead and uh, carry on. But uh, I know you got to jump out of here early. you got stuff that, that you got to go take care of. And uh, NASCAR come out with the uh, – with the penalty report, so let's uh, we got breaking news. Uh, we had the penalty report come out from Pocono and Iowa today, so let's listen. So let, me hit, let me hit my walk crime. I walk the crime tax button. Is what, what you call it, dude. Let me click over here. In the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, as usual, Stephen, every it seems like every week we have uh, Section 10.9.10.4, the tires and wheels, lug nuts not properly installed. They got the number 11 car. Uh, they got crew, crew chief Chris Gabehart. Uh, they fined him $10,000, and they were the winner of the race there. And also they got the number 42 car there of Kyle Larson. Uh, same thing, 10.9.10.4, tires and wheels. Uh, they got crew chief Chad Johnson. They fined him $10,000. And also, we had some major stuff come out, too, some uh, indefinite suspensions. But I'm not going to read off any any names because I don't want to put that out there. But, uh, Stephen, like me and you talk about every week, it seems like every week that 10.9.10.4 comes up, brother. Yeah, it's just. It's just something that the teams are not able to avoid, I don't think, anymore. And um, I think we've discussed it before, and the fact that I think these teams feel like that, you know, a lug nut or two or, you know, that's perfectly acceptable for them. And um, they, you know, they're, they're just going to take that and move on um, because, you know, they're looking for wins. They're looking for things that are, um, going to get them locked into the playoffs later on. They're looking for stage points. They're looking for, um, you know, playoff points and everything else. And you know, they they find it as a as a as a an acceptable risk to go out there and and miss a lug nut or something and you know take the penalty. Exactly. I you know I hate to keep bringing it up, but you and I talk about it every week. And with with that being said, like you you know we've talked about it all the time. You think it's time NASCAR maybe change, changes that rule, or just maybe do away with the ten dot nine dot four rule? Well, I mean, if you just remember the origins of this rule to begin with, is that you know the teams, um, you know, said they could self police themselves um, on these penal. Oh, I mean, on these lug nuts, and you know, we were we were seeing teams going out there with. Uh, you know, maybe two or 
three lug nuts uh, hit on, on these wheels, and we're seeing these wheels break off, we're seeing studs break, we're seeing tires coming off in the middle of the race because that's what these teams were doing. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's something that, you know, they were unable to self-police on their own, and NASCAR stepped in. So, no, I don't think it's anything that we can do away with just because of the fact that we tried it the other way. We tried to give the teams an opportunity to, to kind of self-police themselves. They they weren't able to do so. They were creating a risk not only to, to their driver but to other drivers out there that when these tires would uh, when these tires would fail or the lugs would fail on uh, not the lugs but the studs would fail and uh, cause a car to, to wreck. You know, we we were having other people getting involved because somebody else decided that they wanted to go out there and only hit two of the lug nuts on these on these tires. So, no, um, you know, NASCAR is doing exactly. They're responding to to something that was happening. And honestly, I don't think there's anything, any way that we can get around it. Uh, and we definitely shouldn't get a, do away with it just because of the, the risk factor that, that is involved into this. We just can't have teams going out there and doing what they did in the past. And, you know, again, it just kind of circles back to the fact that, you know, they they were, they said that they could uh, self-police themselves. They couldn't, and that's so responded. Exactly. Very well said, Stephen, there. And I want to let our know. I want to let our listeners know the number to call in is two one five three eight three thirty six eighty one. Again, I'm Tim Spain here in Talladega. He's Stephen Wilson in Richmond, Virginia, in the Commonwealth Affair. Coming up shortly in about ten minutes, we've got uh, from Jayski dot com. Mr. Scott Page is going to join us, and uh, I I've got I've got a ton of questions for him, and I know you do too, Stephen, because uh, that. Uh, com site, they were involved in that ESPN deal when all that stuff went down. But uh, just let everybody know, call in if y'all want to ask Scott any questions. Y'all got the floor. Like I said, 215-383-3681. Still, I want to move right on along because I know we got, uh, we're uh, we're short on time tonight because you and I both have something that we have to go get done. But uh, I want to talk about uh, – Ross Chastain, he got his third win, which technically he got his fourth win there at uh, Pocono Raceway. And I want to uh, – let's listen to a little bit about what uh, Chastain and Cody Efall and Phil Goo had to say in the media center there after they won their third truck series race there at Pocono Raceway. Okay, we are with the winning team of today's 10th Annual Gander RV 150 and with us is uh, General, General Manager of the Racing, Cody Ifa, the crew chief, Phil Gould, and the winning driver, Ross Chastain. Um, open it up uh, to questions right now for our winning team. And we'll start up here with, uh, with Zach. Zach Sterner, you'll open a record from Church. Phil, I'll start with you. Uh, as one of, those, one of only three teams to come to pit road on lap 28 there before the end of stage two. What was the mindset going into that, and how confident did you feel like that was going to set you up for the rest of this race? Well, I mean, just track position is huge. You know, you get back in the pack, and it just slows you down, and you risk tearing your truck up. And we knew after the first stage we had a truck good enough to win. And uh, the way the cautions worked out, we got the stage win at the first stage. And uh, it, was, it was kind of a no-brainer to me, and um, it all worked out. And then, Ross, you said yesterday, like, qualifying has not been a strong suit for you guys to end, but you were almost concerned that you were too trimmed out. 
Didn't look like it hurt you at all during the race. It kind of dominated this one. That thing had so much grip, man. It was incredible. They told me it was going to be fine, but um, just just bad race car driver logic is that when it's that fast, it might not have enough grip. So, no, I um, I mean, even when I felt like I was too free or too tight in the race, we were pulling away. So, um, just pressed the attack all day. Um, just goes to show you don't listen to race car drivers all the time. They probably don't know what they're talking about, me included. Ross, uh, Shane Hector, WBGR Sports. So earlier today I saw that Tyler was starting to, is starting to gain on you just a little bit, and then I noticed you pulled away. To you. What was the key to that success in pulling away from him at the end so that way he wasn't able to catch you? Yeah, it, it was key. I mean, our truck just had so much pace, had so much lap time built into it that it just gripped um, and speed. So, yeah, we um, – we, we started that final stage and, and went as hard as we could and, and got a nice little lead and then just wanted to conserve everything. You know, I mean, the truck series is known for late restarts, overtimes, time and time again, right? And so we wanted to, one, save fuel and save enough tire um, in case I needed to go hard at the end on a restart. And, um, you know, he got closer than I wanted to for sure. Um, but then with 12 or 13 to go, had some open track and, and just pushed hard again. Um, our team owner's motto is press the attack. That's what we all live by, and I just—I mean, I, I just pushed hard. Right? I just did whatever the truck would do, um, and it—the it, lap time came right back. Uh, we gapped back out, um, and then we both started saving fuel. So, it was fun. I mean, Tyler is—I'd um, say like a lot like us in, in his group, where he couldn't start at the beginning of the year because he was too young, and then he had to miss races because of sponsorship. We're all fighting the sponsorship battle, and for me, like I wouldn't want anybody else to run second, too, right? I don't want to lose to anybody, but if I got to pick somebody to run second, like he's a such a great kid. A lot like me, Bono on that deal, like what they're building over there is a lot like us. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's cool to see new faces and team owners up front in the truck series um, because there's been a group that's had a stranglehold on it for years, and we're happy to be, you know, some of the ones doing it. Go to Al. Yeah, Ross, Al Pierce at Auto Week. About a year ago at Darlington, things began to change in your life. You had that great run. Harvick said his stupid-ass comments. <laughs> things kind of, for you, things began to improve after that. Have you, have you ever thought back to what that weekend meant for you and how it got you maybe right here today? I have a lot. It, it really all started um, a few months before that when the talks of, of running those three races with CGR came about, and I didn't think it was real. I didn't understand what, how that would happen. Uh, but the people behind the scenes with Spire uh, were putting it all together, and, and they they did it for me. I mean, they took me to that next level in a way that no one ever had and no one ever could. I mean, people tried in the past. We tried, but and I'd say before Darlington, it started months before that, um, them helping prepare me. After the race, them grabbing me, TJ right here in the room, TJ Pusher, grabbed me and said, listen to me. Don't say anything stupid. He already has, like, just be you, do your interview, but just be you, and don't don't get caught up in the racing drama. And that was key. Um, and we have those heart to hearts all the time. A lot, you know, they're not always on pit road right when you get out of a race car, but um, it, those little moments are key. So more than just the Darlington weekend, like yeah, that that was a dream come true. But it was all the preparation. That's that's why we get up every day is to fight and to prepare to win. I mean, it, granted, like we have fast race trucks, we have people that believe in each other. So we have the two things in racing you want belief in each other and speed and they're so hard to, to get we're blessed to have it but it, it all started with preparation years and months ago 
Any more questions for our race winning team? We'll go to several. Okay, we'll start up here with Chris. Chris Mankechman.com. Cody Al uh, said a couple weeks ago that you guys had a sponsor bail on you guys for the rest of the year and it's kind of put you guys in a tough spot. So how much sponsorship do you guys actually have? Do you have enough to go to the homestead? How dire is your situation? It's always dire, right? I mean, you never have enough. But um, the other night, uh, Al was in town. We sat and talked, and that was a uh, discussion that came up. And, um, I mean, we're going to Homestead. I mean, there's no there's no way around that. Um, both trucks are going to Homestead, 44, 45, running all year. And we're going to continue, hopefully, this dominance, dominance that we have and stay humble with it. Um, are things tight? Yeah, things are tight. There's no doubt in that. But um, I think Al Nice likes it that way. Um, he likes to do more with less. And a lot of people use that sentence, you know, do more with less. But he, we actually are doing more with less. You know, we're achieving the things that we want. And, um, you know, we have a partner coming on uh, for the playoffs, you know, we're excited about. That's going to see us through the rest of the year. Um, so, and obviously that's going to come out. So, we're just, our goal is to get to the playoffs once. He declared we've done that, I feel like. I feel like we're locked in at this point with the win today. So, um, you know, you'll see you'll see a sponsor on, on it. And, Stephen, that was uh, Ross Chastain there. And Phil Go, the crew chief, and Cody Efall, the general manager there at Nice Motorsports. And uh, I was going to touch base on that question that Al from uh, – uh, I don't forget where he said his, his affiliation was from – but you and I were at that Darlington race there when uh, Ross Chastain got that start for Chip Ganassi Racing and that DC Solo number 42. And just like Al said, I mean, you know, he was kicking ass there. And then Kevin Harvick come up in that deal, and we've talked about that. But uh, Ross Chastain has come a long way. He started with JD Motorsports, Stephen, and then moved over there to that deal, and that deal fell apart. And everybody knows what happened with uh, DC Solar. Then he come back to uh, J.D. Motorsports running that uh, number four car there and doing doing well. But all of a sudden, he decides he wants to change his championship status and run for the Truck Series championship there for Nice Motorsports. And he already had that one win prior, but that was null and void because he had to declare his championship status. Do you think we're going to see Ross Chastain in Homestead, Miami this, this year for the, for the Truck Series championship there with Nice Motorsports? Yeah, I think we'll see him as one of the four that are going to compete later on in November for that championship at Homestead. Um, it's really no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, they've been a really strong team that they've put together the the right people in the right places, and they're working with GMS, who's fabricating and engineering their trucks for them. So, you know, that's, that's another massive help right there. Now, I don't know I don't know if they're running the Elmore engines or if they're running something like a Hendrick engine. I'm honestly saying anything but but uh, okay. They are. Um uh, okay. Oh, uh, they you know, they they're putting all the they're putting all that stuff together in the in, in, in the right places and that's exactly what they should be doing. Um they're building upon their previous efforts. Um they're 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 hiring people, they're putting people in the right places, and I just think the help that they're getting from GMS and other places is also um, really what's propelling Needs Motorsports um, to kind of the top of the heap at this point. 
Because really, I mean, if you look at it, GMS, uh, as far as their their trucks are concerned, they they are some of the strongest trucks out there week in and week out. You look at uh, Stuart Friesen, who's also a GMS engineered truck, built truck, chassis, stuff like that. Um, you know, Sheldon Creed and some of the others who, who are in GMS trucks. And, Week in and week out, they're they're some of the strongest trucks that that we have out there aside from KVM, um, and and I think right now is you know they're on top of the they're on top of the mountain and everybody else is trying to get to that plateau at this point and trying to figure out what what they're doing right and everybody else is doing wrong and um, you know they there's still a little ways to go and uh, I I just think that, you know for Ross Chastain himself and uh, you know they've they've solidified themselves. They've got two wins that are going to help them get into the to the playoffs later on this year, and just anything else they tack up on top of it is just going to be even more helpful at this point. David, I think we got our guest. Suzanne's got our guest over in the screening room. So just real quick, like you like you had mentioned, yeah, I had uh, I sort of ventured off in some of the truck series stuff there and uh, talked with Ross Chastain and Cody, and they are running that Ilmore engine. And just to talk a little bit about that MOR engine, Stephen, uh, my good friend Bill Kimmel, he's been, you know, Arker has this MOR engine running too. And, you know, Bill Bill has, Bill's trying to work together something in the, uh, the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series to try to put Will in a in a truck with that MOR engine. But, yes, uh, Ross Chastain is running that MOR engine. There's a lot of guys in the truck series because that MOR engine, the way Bill Kimmel told me, Stephen, it's, you, you, it's just more durable. You get more miles out of it. But, Stephen, uh, let's go ahead and bring on our guest tonight. Uh, from jayski.com, uh, Mr. Scott Page in the pit stop with Tim Spanish, Stephen Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Jayskies.com, Mr. Scott Page. How you doing tonight, brother? Good. How are you all? I'm doing good, Scott. I want to thank you very much for taking time on the time to come on tonight. I want to thank Stephen for getting you on the show. And uh, I've got a ton of questions. I know Stephen does too. But uh, the way okay. we do it, uh, whichever one of us gets the guest on, we let that one go first. So I'm going to hand you over to Stephen Wilson, SpeedwayDigest.com. i got a couple of questions before I let you jump out of here. Again, Scott, thank you very much for coming okay. on. You bet. Scott, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight talk a little bit about uh, NASCAR and JC.com. Just, I know a lot of people out there probably don't know you per se. They they know Jay. They know yeah, how long he's been around within the sport, but they don't sometimes know that there's other people that are working for the site also, keeping it up and going. So just tell me a little bit about your background, how you got involved with Jay and JSK.com. Yeah, I actually, I, I would say the vast majority of people never knew I was around until probably the last, really the last few years. But I started with Jay in December of 2005. So next year will actually be 15 years that I've been around. Um, and I always kind of refer my, to myself as the designated survivor in that uh, I was brought on at the time Jay was starting to get a lot of interest from parties about uh, partnering with him, taking over the site, 
And uh, one of the stipulations that all the big corporate bigwigs always wanted was the worst case scenario of, you know, asking Jay, hey, if, if you drop dead one day or get hit by a bus, uh, does the site go away? You know, what, what happens to the site if they're going to invest money in it? And uh, so I was basically brought on to be the uh, designated survivor if something ever happened to him that I would be trained and ready to, for the site to continue. So um, in the typical Jay way, a Jay does not like a lot of uh, publicity, doesn't like to do interviews, that kind of thing. And uh, so it was just when I came on, I, we kind of followed that same way of stay in the shadows, do what you do, and uh, stay out of the limelight. Jeske has been an integral part for NASCAR uh, and the way that the, uh, the the landscape of media has um, kind of covered this sport over the last nearly 20 years or so. Um, just from your perspective of not only being there before and now actually being there with Jay about the last 15 years or so, how has the media landscape changed to the point that you guys are having to change the way that you cover the sport on jsk.com. Yeah, yeah, I think things are off, you know, a lot more immediate now, especially with social media. Uh, Twitter, you know, really has been a game changer. And, you know, frankly, Jay was ahead of the curve on that. He came in before Facebook, before Twitter. And really the only way, if, if somebody wanted to get some NASCAR news out through unofficial channels, Jay kind of quickly became the obvious choice and got fed a lot of information. And, you know, that kind of, he could piece stuff out on his timeline and, uh, you know, things seemed to move a little slower, but we got bigger uh, breaking news back then. But now, you know, the, the whole scenario of social media has changed that in regard to anybody with a, a Twitter account or Facebook page or anything can break their own news. There's no reason to go through a third party um, that, you know, like there used to be. Um, and so for us, the practical impact is, you know, there's obviously not as many rumors out there. Part of that is just from the nature of the way NASCAR is now and being so corporate. And uh, it's just, uh, you never know when something's going to break now. So it's, uh, it's in many respects, more hours now than it ever has been. JC is primarily focused on NASCAR racing, and you know this is this is something that you know NASCAR is such a whole big wide world out there these days. Other than the three national series, you know now we've got ARCA coming into the fold on NASCAR. What do you think is most surprising about something that you guys do that maybe somebody out there doesn't realize that that you are covering or something that you're doing week in and week out for covering? Uh, motorsports NASCAR primarily. Yeah, we're we're still trying to stick basically to the big three: Cup, Xfinity, and Trucks. Um, from my point of view, there's been a little bit of I'm I'm finding even more so than usual. There's there is naturally more tie-ins between ARCA and NASCAR now, and so some ARCA news does kind of creep into the site more than it had. Um, primarily why we haven't gotten into more regional series and the ARC in the past is, is just time limitations. The amount of stuff, the amount of time it's taken us right now to maintain uh, paint schemes pages, team charts, day-to-day -day news, uh, weekend race pages, it just doesn't leave a lot of time to go into other series. Although I try to keep myself up to date on it, and we all do, um, there's just not enough time to put everything out there. 
everybody kind of realizes what went on between you guys and the ESPN, so I'm not going to get really into that, but I just kind of want to touch on it just a bit. Um, sure. When you guys weren't around for those couple of months, you know, what were you seeing from your guys' side? What were you seeing that, you know, there was obviously a lot of outpouring of, you know, Jayski isn't here anymore, where we're going to get our news from, um, you know, the natural course of things that, that we see on social media in support of Jayski. But what were you most surprised about, and what, what, do you, what do you feel like just kind of brought everything back together to get you online? Yeah, um, well, you know, first let me say we were kind of, almost completely caught off guard. I really I really didn't have any indication that the site was going away until probably two or three days earlier. Um, although I will say there was, you know, it, it was becoming what, pretty obvious what was going on when Bob Pockcraft left and when Ricky Craven left ESPN, and we, we knew things were getting uh, cut way back. But at the time it originally happened, I kind of suspected that would be the end for Jayski. And Jay, frankly, thought it was going to be too. Uh, you know, he was ready to retire. And uh, I thought, you know, this may be a good time for what I joked to my wife and others is maybe it was time for me to get a real job where I went to an office from eight to five and worked five days a week and had the weekends available because I haven't done that for years. But uh, within probably within days, uh, we were getting contacts from a lot of people throughout NASCAR from higher, uh, I mean, from NASCAR industry itself from media groups other websites from nascar media group um and so it kind of became obvious within a week or so that there might be a chance to relaunch the site and uh then one uh thing i will say of course very positive about espn is they without any hesitation were willing to give jay the uh, trademark trademark to the site back and for us to reuse all the content that we created at the time we were with espn which, uh, you know, they did not need to do. But I think even though they decided not to continue with this, they realized that Jayski held an important place in NASCAR and that, uh, you know, it was beneficial for them to, to let it, to see us continue. Jayski has kind of been like the uh, Internet archive for, for NASCAR racing. Going into the future, what is the next evolution for Jayski? I know that if you look at a place like Fox, Fox Sports, there it's gone totally all video, very few written stories. But what does the future hold for, for Jayski going into the future and the coverage that you guys are putting together? Well, we haven't we haven't we've discussed obviously a lot of things as the site was trying to come back. It was kind of a initial discussion of where do we go from here? Is this the time we make changes? Do we focus more on video, that type of thing? And what we decided basically to do was for now, at least, and for the foreseeable future, unless something will change, we're just going back to the roots of J-Ski. No video to speak of, uh, not a lot of photos unless it's, it's paint schemes, uh, just a lot of text, a lot of new, you know, kind of to be a clearinghouse of NASCAR information. If you want to know what time the green flags fall this week, this is where you find it. If you want to find an entry list, a practice results, this year's race result, you know, kind of to try to find at least a, to be a resource for fans to start at so then they can go elsewhere to find anything else they might need. So for now, it's uh, we're, we're going to continue to plug ahead, hopefully like we did in the uh, early 2000s. Scott, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight and talk a little bit about what you do and jsk.com, and I'm going to throw you back over to uh, Tim. 
Thanks, thanks a lot. I appreciate it, and best of luck throughout the rest of the season. Thanks. Good to talk to you. Thanks, Stephen. Yes, yeah, Scott, uh, I'm I'm sort of like Stephen. I don't really want to dig into that ESPN deal there, but uh, after uh, I think it was in 2007. Well, no, it wasn't 2007. Uh, ESPN shut the site down in January of 2019, and Adam required the rights to Jesse, which it was already his, for related proprieties in April of 2019 this year and rolled out a limited version of the new website with a full launch occurring on May 13th, like you just mentioned. Can you talk a little bit about how I I don't want to go too in-depth on it, like, you know, Stephen sort of backed away from it, but uh, the ESPN right. deal, did – did did ESPN buy the rights from Adam? I was I was listening to y'all earlier, and did Adam have to buy the rights back? Yeah, yeah. Basically, what they did in and I can't. It may have been two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I can't remember the the year now. But actually, when when ESPN originally regained their NASCAR rights, at that same time. They bought the entire site from Jay. They bought the the trademark, all the site contents. Uh, they basically, at that time, initially at least, they brought Jay on as an employee of ESPN, and they brought me on as an independent contractor. So we everything was handled within ESPN. Then when they shut the site down, though, um, even though every they owned everything, uh, they gave, uh, and I'm sure I can say this, at no cost whatsoever, they gave everything back to Jay. So, which we thought okay. to be a very big move, including the trademark and all. So, uh, you know, they they very well could have asked, you know, decided to keep it or charged him for it or something, but they were willing to see the site continue by giving it back. Awesome, thank you, Scott, for answering that. And I want to yep. talk about, you know, Stephen. Stephen did. Stephen touched on it to a to a point there. It's called Jayski's Silly Season site, and with the silly yeah. season, a lot of, a lot of the NASCAR fans go to that silly season site and they think about, you know, this is where we're going to see who's going to do what next year and all that. Can you talk a little bit about exactly how Jayski's become the season silly site? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, it, that's kind of built up through the years, but, you know, the strange thing is, and and I think a lot of people realize there's not as much of a silly season as there used to be, at least, you know, 20 years ago. Um, and part of that's just because the the business of NASCAR has gotten so big. Uh, you know, your typical driver contracts are, t- you know, at least for top tier teams, you're looking at least two or three years. They're trying to lock sponsorship in for multi years. Uh, the charters, you know, give some continuity between team owners, and so you're not having a traditional silly season that we think of. You know, from from people who've been fans for years. Uh, obviously we've still got to have a silly season this year, waiting to see what Christopher Bell does. Um, but so silly season itself has changed. We've obviously kept the site and try to report anytime there's movement on uh, what might be going on with teams and, and keep that all uh, kind of a clearinghouse for information on the site. And Scott, my final question, have you ever been to Tyler Douglas Super Speedway? I have not, and it is on my bucket list. <laughs> Oh, why don't you come on down, brother? Just let me know. Quit. Just let me know. I can, uh, I can help you out. I can get with Russell Brown there. You know, we got our 
the big transformation deal going on now, the 50th anniversary at Tallahassee. There's a lot going on, brother. New garages, new fan site, a lot of yeah. stuff going on. Scott. Uh, yeah, it, it is strange because I, I probably, obviously, of course, am a bigger NASCAR fan than most any of my friends. But I would say of all my friends together, more of them have been to Talladega than to any other racetrack, and it's the one I have not been to. So it's on my list. I haven't actually been to a race in the last two or three, maybe three or four years even, anywhere, uh, just because of the logistics with travel and it's hard to work from a media center and all. But that's going to change here. Hopefully by next year I'm going to get back to the track a time or two. And Talladega is high on the priority list. Sounds good, Scott. Uh, You and I are friends on uh, Facebook. Just send me a DM. Good. I'm good friends with Russell Brenham. Russell Brenham here at Tato Super Speedway. You know, Grant Litch is retiring. We've got a new president yep. coming in. Big 50th deal. But, yeah, I'm friends with you on Facebook. Just send me a DM yep. whenever you want to come to Tato. I'll get with Russell Brenham. We'll get you media credentials, bro. You will hear from me. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Scott. And, Scott, before we okay, get out of yeah. here, uh, yep. uh, but. Before we let you jump out of here, just like Steve and I, we always do drivers. We always have drivers. Drivers, we always let them thank them, thank them. Oh, that didn't come out right. Thank their, <laughs> thank their sponsors and anybody that helped them get to where they are. Scott, we're gonna give you the stage to uh, promote Jake there and thank anybody that you want to thank that has got you where you are in this sport today. And again, thanks for calling in. You bet. And I guess my biggest thanks better be to Jay because uh, I had only met him once at the time he hired me on to to join the site. And we've uh, stuck it out and become very good friends over 15 years. And despite what happened, I appreciate ESPN buying the site up and giving me a job for about 10 years. And now we're awful appreciative to NASCAR Digital Media Group for hosting the site for us. And we will see how long we can keep things to continue. Scott, we thank you very much for everything that you do for the sport, Stephen and I, my wife Suzanne, and like I said, DM me. We'll get you some. We'll get you some credentials. Come on down to Dega, brother. And again, thank you very much for coming on the show, and we look forward to talking to you in the future, Scott. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. You too, Scott. Have a good one, brother. Scott Page, there, Stephen. Let's uh. I know we don't have time for a real quick break. I want to, um, I want to thank Scott there for coming on the uh, coming on the show tonight. Uh, that Jesky deal there, like you know, you and I posed him a couple of questions. Uh, when ESPN was doing their deal, just like he mentioned, our good friend Bob Pockers, uh There was a lot going on at that time. But Stephen, is there any anything you want to get out? You want to get out to schedule this weekend? You got the floor because I know we got to jump out of here, brother. Oh, yeah, uh, said a couple of different things going on this week. We got Thursday night racing from Eldor. Dirt Derby is going to take place out there. Um, <clears throat> let's, uh, uh, um, I don't let's see, the practice and qualifying. For, where is qualifying for? Um, oh, shit. I don't think qualifying. Oh, uh, uh, there, sorry. Um. Yeah, I forget. We're doing qualifying. We're doing qualifying races out there. Um, the qualifying race is going to start at 7 o'clock and run all the way uh, up to about 7.35 out there. Final chance qualifying race, 8.15. 
the NASCAR Gander Outdoor Series Truck Racing from Eldor Dirt Derby. Uh, 9 o'clock, 150 laps, 75 miles for those guys out there. Um, there will be stage breaks into this at 40, 90, and the final stage in the end, lap 150 out there. A lot going in this weekend. We get the Xfinity Series and, and the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series out there, along with the K&N Series. K&N Series is going to qualify uh, Friday afternoon, um, right about 3.30-ish, uh, give or take a little there, a little here, a little there. Uh, with Xfinity Series qualifying 11.40 on Saturday. Um, Xfinity Series qualifying 3 o'clock out there. 82 laps, 200.9 miles out there for the Zippo 200 for them. Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series qualifying at 6.40 on Saturday and then on Sunday. Uh, the Gold Bowling at the Glen. Uh, 3 o'clock, Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series uh, racing from Watson's Glen International. 90 laps, 220.5 miles for them on Sunday afternoon. Take a breath, brother. Steven, thank you again. I want to thank Scott Page there from jetskis.com for coming on uh, that jetskis.com site. Y'all y'all go check it out. It's really awesome. I mean, you know, Steven and I, we got our website, but that jetskis.com stuff, it really breaks it down. I'm not trying to cut mine and Steven's website. But again, uh, I want to thank Scott Page there for coming on the show tonight. Stephen, I want to thank you till AM and the boys. We said hello. And next Tuesday night, we have my good friend Larry McReynolds is going to join us at 7.20 Eastern time. The the NASCAR crew chief, that's what they call America's crew chief, that's what they call him. So next Tuesday night, we got Larry McReynolds at 7.20 Eastern time. Stephen, is any, anybody you want to thank, let, uh, let everybody know where they follow you on social media. Why don't you jump out of here, brother? We'll get out. Uh, you can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Speedway Digest and SpeedwayDigest.com. Stephen, thank you very much. Good night. I want to thank my darling wife for answering the phone, Suzanne, and I want to thank AM for right there trying to help us get all these guests. Uh, again, I'm Tony Spain from Talladega. He's Stephen Wilson from Richmond, Virginia. Stephen, thank you very much. We'll talk at you next Tuesday night with Larry McReynolds. We're going to say good night from Talladega, Alabama. Right outside of this one church town There's a gold dirt road to a whole lot of nothing Got a deed to the land But it ain't my ground This is God's country Pray for rain, thank him when it's falling Cause it brings a grain and a little bit of money We put it back in the plate I guess that's why they call it God's country I saw the light in a sunrise Sitting back in a party on the muddy riverside Getting baptized in holy water And shine with the dogs running
Arlington Raceway, tradition comes alive. And Earnhardt will win his second Southern 500. 70 years of racing at the track too tough to tame. His sixth victory at the Darlington Raceway in South Carolina, Jeff Gordon will win. Come celebrate the 90s with us at Darlington Raceway on Labor Day weekend. To purchase tickets, call 866-459-RACE or visit DarlingtonRaceway.com. South Carolina, just right. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.